Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Dr. Wignall, how are you? Good. Good. Good to hear. Yep. I got a question, um, and this is actually a question. Like a lot of our questions, they're questions that someone asked specifically, but I get a lot of anyway. I think we all, we get a lot of versions of these questions, but this one was specifically how to deal with a narcissist. Mm. So this person is um, married to someone who they at least have diagnosed as a narcissist. So Mm -hmm. I thought this would be, Mm -hmm. and I get a lot of questions about narcissism and narcissistic people and sort of how to deal with that. So I thought maybe we let's talk a little about what narcissism is exactly. um, And then maybe some more practical stuff about what do you do if you find yourself living with or having to interact with someone who is a narcissist on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. How's that sound? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So narcissism, like what, what is a narcissist exactly to you? I mean, man, if we go back to the, the Greek origin of that word, right? Narcissus was someone who kind of fell in love with his own reflection in the water, I believe. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's people who are very typically, they prize their own experience and their own well-being above all others. Okay. Yeah. So there's this like, on the one hand, there's everybody like kind of knows what it means to be narcissistic. Right? It's mm-hmm. just like you're kind of selfish or self-centered. Right. Then there's like the technical clinical, clinical psychology yeah. criteria that you can go, like you can, you can look up an article on like, what is a narcissist? And they'll give you all these like traits and stuff like that. So, but what's, I, I kind of want to like go in between those two, like okay. based on your like clinical experience, what someone who is, cause I mean, we're all a little selfish sometimes, right? We all like are self-interested to a certain extent, right? Every, there's, you know, a perfectly healthy degree of self-interest and, um, but what does it mean to say someone is a narcissist? Like to you, like when you think of that, I guess when, when I hear it, it, it would mean that they fit those clinical definitions of narcissism. Okay. So what are, what are some of those or like, what are the big ones for you? Um, uh, just that difficulty relating to other people, um, the prizing of their own um, kind of experience or well-being above all others. There, there are a lot of dysfunctional relationships because of that. Um, they they kind of negate anything that doesn't belong to them. There's a high need for validation, external mm-hmm. validation. There's an internal belief that doesn't match up with reality about their abilities or their accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are individuals who see themselves very, uh, extremely highly and that doesn't really match usually their, their actual accomplishments or abilities. Yeah. So there's three things in there that are, I think worth pointing out. Like the one, on the one hand, they're just super selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's one way to look at it. Just right. extremely selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is overconfident. Yeah. Right. Their idea of how good or whatever capable they are is pretty obviously orders of magnitude off from mm-hmm. the the actual scenario, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, and this is the this is the kind of tricky one I think is they're really needy, actually, they're extremely, yeah. super, super needy, they, right? They Their ego is so fragile. Yeah, they need to have it that echoed they, that they are the greatest. And, right. And oftentimes, here's where a lot of their anger and frustration, and depression come from, is is they don't get that. You know, not everybody in their life is echoing how amazing they are back to them. And and that's really difficult. To their own extremely high standard. Right. 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 Yeah. So that's, uh, I think it's a little bit like, um, 
I often think of um, bullies, like bullies, like look very tough on the outside, mm-hmm. right? They're because like, they're always like beating up on people who are smaller than they are, right? But that is almost always fueled by some kind of deep insecurity, right? They're really afraid, or they're getting bullied usually by someone. There's always a bigger fish, right? Yeah, and they're getting bullied, and that's the way they address this pain is they bully other people, right? So I, yeah, I think they... of narcissism similarly, where yeah, you you feel such an intense lack of whatever it is, appreciation or validation or sense of self that you demand it of other people all the time. Mm. See, so this is interesting. This might be something we, we may disagree on. Finally. Slightly. Um, I'm not, I don't think that the narcissist is as aware of that deficiency as a bully might be. A bully might be somewhat aware of their insecurity and fear and, and anxiety, where I think a narcissist is just genuinely going to be angry that you don't comply with them mm. because they're so great. You know, it's not the, I don't think they're referencing a fragility of their own. It's a, it's a, how in the world are you not going to compromise and tell oh, me right. what I want to hear, right? It's, it's more of a, I don't think they're, they have much insight into their, um, condition where a bully might actually kind of be aware that, you know, they're terrified in certain situations. Does that make any sense? No, I, unfortunately I agree with you. I, oh, <laughs> that's a good it. distinction though, that, that it's, they are, that is going on for them. They have that high degree of neediness, yeah. but they don't have the self-awareness to understand that, that right. that's what's going on. Right. To their, th- by their own experience, it's just going to be, I can't believe my wife. What's wrong with everybody else? I say, yeah. Why would they not? I'm the normal one. Yeah. And, and so if you see these people in therapy, because why would a narcissist go to therapy? Um, it's often because they're so frustrated and angry about their environments, not kind of um, cooperating. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's why this gets to the second part of the question, which is you don't see narcissists in there very rarely. Rarely, rarely. and it's always what? on somebody else's behalf or behest, um, right. whether the, it be courts or The people you people. do see is their spouses, their kids, mm. right? Their coworkers mm-hmm. even, mm-hmm. right? The people who have to deal with them. Yeah on a daily basis. Yeah. So I think this is the thing where, um, and I, I would imagine if, if someone is listening right now, they saw the title like <laughs> narcissism or how to deal with a narcissist. I don't know how we're going to title it exactly, but like narcissists don't listen to podcasts on narcissism. Right? It's most likely going to be people who are struggling to live with someone who is a narcissist. And, and there might be, um, you know, I, I, I imagine there's a spectrum for this, of course. And, and I'm sure there are some narcissists out there that might be somewhat um, more apt to concede issues here and there or something and be interested. But yes, by far, narcissists aren't going to be perusing the self-help section of <laughs> any bookstore. They're going to be sending other people self-help books. <laughs> be, yeah, look uh, on the self-help bookstores and see who's written the most books there. You might not um, okay, so, but this is a, re- a really common thing is people who struggle with narcissists in their life, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I see it in marriages all the time, in relationships. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a couple levels of this conversation that I think I'd like to have with you, but I'm, I'm interested, yes, because there are a lot of people who are affected by these types of individuals. Yeah. So my, the first type of kind of narcissist that I see people having trouble with is the just the really selfish person mm-hmm. is basically like there's lots of fancy criteria and stuff for narcissism, but like one type of narcissist is they're just really selfish. They, they're maybe not bad people. Like they're not like manipulative and they're just, they're just 
super selfish, I think. Um, yeah, they're extremely self-interested. And yeah. they kind of always have been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are lots of reasons why they might have turned out that way. But it's just sort of the water they swim in. Yeah, um, and, and for narcissism is a, maybe we should stipulate, is, is a, a personality disorder. And personality disorders are a little bit different than other clinical disorders where they're, they're very stable and prevalent throughout life there. Well, so this is interesting. Narcissistic personality disorder is a personality disorder. Mm-hmm. But, but narcissism is something on a continuum. Everybody mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. a degree of narcissism. A degree. Right? Yeah. So you can talk about it in two different ways. You right. can talk about it as... The disorder... The, yeah, th- which is someone who's so high on that end of narcissism that we sort of draw a line and say like, dysfunctional, this is, yeah, yeah, dysfunctional. Yeah. It's really impacting. Or narcissistic traits is what you're, the other option then would be you know, on the spectrum of displaying narcissistic mm-hmm. traits, which is a form of narcissism, I guess, yeah. Right, and well, do you think those are different things though? I think they're the same thing. I think we just draw same thing a line on a continuum. somewhere. Yeah, I believe that, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so probably the most mild version of a narcissistic person is just the person who's incredibly selfish. Yeah. It doesn't right? ask you a lot of questions about you is kind of, kind of always in their own little world and yeah. Doesn't help out. I hear this one a lot, usually from women talking about their husbands, um, who are just like, it's, if they do listen, it's very superficial and they're not responsive at all. So they will frequently be required really simple requests for instance like can you please remember to take out the garbage like i do everything else <laughs> to maintain the house <laughs> right. could you please once a week remember to take the garbage out or something yeah. like that yeah and it's just like you know for years right <laughs> stuff yeah, like or, that or hey can you come you know hey you're gonna go do that good you'll be back in a couple hours that's fine eight hours later they're like yeah i got kind of right. interested and yeah they're just constantly valuing their own experience way above yours yep yeah. and there's always there's always some excuse there's a reason right? There's often kind of gaslighting going on. So like, uh, you make a request, a, a very reasonable request of someone and they totally blow it off. Um, and then when you bring it up, it's like, oh, well, why are you so needy? Like, you're always so needy. Like, can't you just let me be me? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, and often any kind of failure is going to be blamed on you because it can't be their fault either. No, so right. there's going to be a lot of blame, um, or a lot of ducking of responsibility in these kinds of people mm-hmm. yeah and that's one of the hard parts about dealing with someone with narcissism is that um reality and the narcissist's reality get confusing if you're trying to live in between those two right you can start to think like well am i just super needy and is this unreasonable like well he does you know he does go to work for eight hours a day and so maybe you know it's unreasonable for me to ask him to take out the garbage yeah the um, gas a couple times you were a talking about yeah. Yeah. yeah like that's a major issue i think is that people um feel that get lost in that kind of um, they're questioning their own kind of experience judgment and and whatever they should yeah yeah exactly but if there's this like chronic pattern um Mm -hmm. and despite very reasonable sort of requests and um it just nothing seems to be changing that's yeah probably an indicator that um yeah, that this personality is just really entrenched. Yeah, I so, think this is right. It does sound like I have a lot of clients that will, will kind of report a spouse issue or a friend issue or something like that this way that, man, you know, my needs just aren't being met. I'm kind of constantly being blamed for these things or um, my needs are largely ignored or not even discussed, you know, inside these relationships. And well, oftentimes the narcissism label is kind of attached. Yeah. Here, yeah. Okay, so what do you do about it? 
I have, I have very strong opinions on this, but I want to ask you first. You know, I always... If, if you're living with... Let's say you're married. Let, let's talk about a serious relationship with someone who is pretty clearly a narcissist. Yeah, this is... And, and, and uh, before I launch into my, maybe my thoughts here, I, I would say narcissism is a very serious personality disorder and, and can be very unpleasant to deal with. Um, and so um, this is one of those personality disorders that uh, is extremely difficult and, and maybe best avoided at times um, because my thought on relationships is that you enter relationships because there's some kind of mutual exchange of something, right? You meet my needs, I meet yours, there's an affinity for each other, all those things. Um, but here is a relationship where clearly your needs aren't going to be met very well. And so now you're entering into a mutual relationship with someone who can't really perform inside a mutual relationship. Um, and so adjustments will have to be made. Yeah. Uh, one of the first things I do is look at the assertiveness level of my client, though, mm. really, because sometimes things are passed off as narcissism that are really just a lack of assertiveness on somebody else's part. That and is so, a great point. You, um, you, you asked your husband six months ago to take out the garbage once and it's been six months and he still hasn't done it. And you're fuming and, and you you're haven't mad. Said anything. And, yeah. And, <laughs> right. and, and so, or, you know, um, when you make plans, his plans become the priority and blah, blah, blah. And then when you look at like how that's done, there's not a lot of assertive behavior on your right. part. And then I'm kind of reluctant to look at narcissism more like let's address your assertiveness in there. And even if you do have someone who's narcissistic, I would still say assertiveness is probably where it's you want to start. Point. Yep. Yeah. So either way, but really kind of picking up your level of assertiveness is going to be an essential requirement if you're going to be able to survive that kind of relationship with somebody. And it's a really good test for whether someone is actually narcissistic or is just kind of maybe sort of ditzy and absent-minded and, you know, or, like... Or is mildly selfish, but your lack of assertiveness might allow for that to kind of look a lot like, holy shit, they get everything they want. Yeah. And, and or, uh, yeah. Or you're actually not to blame the victim, but you're, you're sort of exacerbating a difficult trait in them. Right. It might be right. an, an odd combination of that pairing, right? You have someone who's struggles with assertiveness and someone who's fine, just kind of doing, doing whatever, whatever, they, whatever want. they want. And it looks like narcissism. Yeah. yeah. So that's a really good test. I think for narcissism is if you are able to assertively ask for what you want and say no to what you don't want, mm -hmm. how does that get responded to? Well, right. if you're dealing with a narcissist, That'll get responded to. It's not going to get responded <laughs> poorly, <laughs> right? Poorly. Or you're going to get gaslit about it, right? Right. And there's there's a good indication. But if your your partner is able to kind of make those concessions and, and compromises, and then you might say, "Oh, this might be a little bit more on my end with assertiveness." Um, exactly. But but yeah, that that I think that is probably a good way is try to resolve some conflict with my conflict with you being more assertive and see what happens, and mm -hmm. you might get a better indication with three or four of those situations and you might yeah. have a better idea. Of. So let's say, okay, I've tried that. I've really worked on that. Trying to be more assertive. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be going anywhere. If anything, it kind of gets thrown back in my face. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do? Well, I, I might evaluate the overall relationship. Meaning what? How uh, beneficial is this relationship to you? You know, how painful is it to be in this relationship? Um, people with, people who would meet clinical diagnosis of a narcissistic personality disorder, um, I would be reluctant to encourage anybody to remain in a relationship that's going to be that lopsided. That's going to be extremely difficult. And, and to orient them to just how difficult that might be um, would probably be a, a first step for me. That's a very tactful way of putting it. 
my thought is you are not going to change a narcissist. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You are definitely and not going to. I would agree with that. So if you, yeah. you can either stay in that relationship mm-hmm. and have crystal clear expectations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that this is not going to change at yeah. all. And let's get real frank with how this is going to look. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And if you are willing to tolerate that, mm-hmm. I mean, go for it. But I think this is actually one of those things that is pretty black and white. Like if you are in a major relationship, especially romantic primary relationship, but even even like a even like a like a business partnership, right? For example, or or, or something else, or even if you're if you're a if you have like a parent or a significant relative who you think kind of falls in this category, I th- I think it's pretty black and white actually. Like most people are going to be pretty miserable if they're mm-hmm. stuck in a relationship with a narcissist, mm-hmm. and. It's my, this is my opinion. You should get out. Mm. Mm-hmm. I actually think 99 times out of 100, everybody would probably be better off. Um, <laughs> Being rid of their narcissistic yeah, you, partner. them, your kids, like whatever it is. I, I just see so many people who rationalize their way into staying in really unhealthy relationships that obviously make them miserable right? That are just really painful and excruciating for them. Mm -hmm. But I actually think make it miserable on other people. So if there are kids in the relationship, it's that if for one thing, it sets a really terrible example for how relationships should operate. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And if both parents are really miserable all the time because this crazy dynamic is, is playing out, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be real good for kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Plus it's kind of, it's, it's reinforcing the narcissists getting whatever they want. Potentially. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know? And so it's just, so I, I have ne- personally, I've never seen this go well in my years of doing therapy <laughs> with people who are willing to really try and be assertive and really want to work on the relationship and make it work. And I've never seen it work out when someone's a, when they're in a relationship with a, with a narcissist. So your feedback is usually just like, let's look at getting you out of this thing. Well, the first thing I did is what you said, like, let's, okay. If there's any chance, right, it would come down to you being re- assertive and them being responsive to that. Okay. And so if you do that and there's still nothing going on, right, if there's still no movement, I I think you should get out. Yeah, I, and I usually boil that down to a, what are you willing and unwilling to tolerate inside a relationship, a discussion there. Um, but I think that even <clears> that, <throat> I'm, I'm not, I don't like to be directive with people, but I think a lot of people it's easy to rationalize your way into, well, I should just be more tolerant and I should just, you know, I, 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 I should do more. It's my responsibility to make this work to people, people gaslight themselves. I think, well, that's exactly what your narcissistic partner would want you to think too. But even if they don't actively want you to think that, even if they're not manipulating you, you will manipulate yourself. I I think this is this, I, I see this happening all the time. Well, the, in the internal dialogue to stay in a situation like that would be pretty brutal, right? Exactly. Yeah. I think people talk themselves into really awful situations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because they just can't stomach the idea of doing the hard thing, which is maybe calling it quits mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, re- or really setting up very extreme boundaries with people like this. Yeah, I, I think that conversation in the beginning of, of, of really looking at what it would take for, for an individual to remain in a relationship like this um, also definitely includes 
uh, a discussion of their expectations for how this would go, you know, and, and, and like we said earlier, you're not going to change this person. And that's really hard for, I think, a lot of people because to accept. there's like this idea that if they get better at doing these things, this person's going to stop this behavior. And that's just not going to happen um, for someone with this disorder in, in, in any kind of severe way. So um, I do I do a lot of counseling on, on the assertive behavior and watching that follow through and then really looking at what are you willing and unwilling to tolerate um, and basing decisions off of those values, but those values that seem to be uh, um, inherent in that situation. But um, I, like you, don't have a very positive forecast for many of these situations. I think um, they tend to be pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah, like I, I've never seen it work out. Like literally never. Have you yeah. ever, have you ever encountered someone who is living with a full blown narcissist who? where it works out no no usually not um and, and like um this is like kind of starting a company with somebody who has access to your checkbook that really doesn't care about anything right. you want you know right. so there's not many of those um relationships that work yeah well but i think it's i feel like it's my responsibility as a mental, mental health professional who gets to see this stuff who's trained mm -hmm. in this stuff and really sees how this operates mm -hmm. to really encourage people to be very clear-eyed about this because there's so much cultural pressure to make stuff work, mm -hmm. right? There's so many of these like loyalty poles that like, well, I have to stay with, you know, we got married, so we have to stay together or they're family. So we have to stay together. Mm -hmm. I feel like that there's so much pulling in that direction that if people don't know that there, there are actually equally good reasons to move in the other direction, no matter how hard people are going to end up doing this thing where they gaslight themselves um, in a really unhealthy way, in a way that's unhealthy for them and I think for everyone around them who's impacted by that relationship. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think, I think these, these, are, these are kind of toxic relationships. And, and, and um, if your eyes are wide open, you'd probably never enter one of these relationships. Yeah, and that's most people don't see it when they get into the no, relationship. No, not at all. In fact, a lot of narcissists can be pretty charming. They're witty. They're funny. They're, they're confident. It's appealing right. to be around someone who's this kind of confident. And as time goes on, you just realize, wow, this is kind of all that there is. Yeah. Is this kind of, yeah. So so I think it's, and I'm, I mean, definitely fine. If, if you think you've got, you know, are in a situation like this, Get some help. Like, talk to someone. Get a yeah, counselor. Yeah, that's a great. Someone yeah. who you who can be really objective. Help you be really objective mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you're, if you have really tried a lot and you really feel like this could be going on, I think you owe it to yourself to really get some professional guidance on this, and and not just to kind of shrug your shoulders and just say, "Well, I guess this is the way it is." Yeah, keep um, trying. Well said. Yeah, get 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 some uh, outside eyes on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.